0: up everybody welcome in glad to see you on this Tuesday night and we're finally gonna get a little bit of clarity after we have gotten some clarity the last couple of weeks about Mississippi State and Ole Miss we're gonna talk about that tonight we did it during training camp so we're gonna do it here as well what have we learned so far after two games about Ole Miss and Mississippi State I'm Michael Borkey. Really glad that you guys are with me on this Tuesday night. Please don't forget to subscribe if you have not already to the channel. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook, all under the same name right there. Click the notification bell as well so you know every time I go live. It will vary next month some after games. It just it will. Uh, so Tuesday, Thursday, 745 right here with you And then most most Saturday nights, sometimes the occasional Sunday morning will will have to suffice. But I'm glad you guys are with me, and that's what we're talking about today. And drop a comment. I'd love for you to be part of it. Like Chris just says, saw, dude. I heard an interview with the the guys from that Vine, and and they are absolutely hilarious. Uh, Run some Halo lobbies. I have not played Halo in quite some time now. If you can believe it, Chris, me and, uh, and my group are actually back on Fortnite, no build. So, yeah, I feel very stupid saying that out loud, but it's actually kind of fun. So, anyway, Tim says, Old Miss time. Yeah, you know, th- I still don't think we're going to get the best look at Old Miss. I mean, it's a Power Five team, sort of. Anyway, it's an ACC team. I expect them to give us a better look at what Old Miss is this weekend than what we've gotten the last two weeks. But if we're. Being totally honest, if this game is close, then Ole Miss is not who – they're not going to meet expectations if this game this weekend is is close. I don't think we're really going to see them tested until Kentucky, but anyway. EG1 says, what do you think about the line steadily raising on the Ole Miss-Georgia Tech game? Uh, People know who's going to play quarterback for Ole Miss. Maybe he's my guess. Um, More on that later. Kobe says state's defense has been doing well. They have, they have it that I, I spent the off season talking about that group in particular. And, um, it, it's looked good so far, not perfect, but it's been good. And that's kind of the thing for Mississippi state is it hasn't been perfect. And people, people take that wrong. And I'm here to say, um, that you shouldn't. So one thing I'll start with this, and then we'll get back to some of your comments, but um, the, the first thing that I have learned about Mississippi State, it's a two-parter, actually. Number one, as I've talked about with you guys many, many times before, the, the Mike Leach always wins a game he's not supposed to, and everybody loves that, and then he loses a game he's not supposed to, and everybody just kind of like accepts that and thinks it's funny. As I've said to you guys a thousand times before, you would get really, really sick of that really, really quickly. The first two games that Mississippi State played were against overmatched teams, not as good as them, nor should they be. You are on the SEC West. It is year three in your program. You absolutely should be better, significantly so, than Memphis and Arizona, who was coming off of a 1-11 season. However, Arizona did some nice things in the portal. They were better than what we thought they were going to be going into the season, and Memphis beat Mississippi State last year. Those were two... Prime candidates for that goofy Mike Leach game. And instead, they won both of them in different ways. You had the weird rain delay that happened in the first game, you had the late start in the second game. And in the second half, Arizona was driving with the ball down a touchdown. So it was squirrely there for a little while. It started funny with the two missed extra points and the interception that went right through the hands. I mean, my gosh, Will Rogers almost stuck it in his face mask, and it was still intercepted. It got weird there for a while, and yet State's talent and depth in that game was the deciding factor, and they ended up covering a a pretty significant spread. So what I've learned so far about Mississippi State is they have been more – after just two games, there's ten more, but after two games, consistency – is there better than it was a year ago. Remember the season opener last year? State had to block an extra uh, a last-second field goal to beat Louisiana Tech, and obviously they did lose to Memphis. So those were two tests, not the biggest test, but those were two tests in, in that typical Mike Leach game that everybody talks about and then the weird, funky game on the road where it's close in the second half and, and things weren't going perfect for you and you had a weird start and Arizona's driving with the football down a touchdown, and you ended up soundly beating them. Those two tests have been passed for Mississippi State, and they have not played their best. They have not played a complete game yet. They really haven't. So that's a good thing. People take that wrong. No, Mississippi State has not. You hope that they have not played their best. If they've played their best, they're going to lose this weekend, and they're going to lose to Texas A&M, and they're going to lose to Ole Miss, and they're going to lose to Arkansas, they're going to lose to Alabama, they're going to lose to Georgia. They haven't played their best yet, so that's encouraging. They are executing. Will Rogers, especially everything, is on time and accurate. Um, so, so things have been good. Don't get me wrong. Offensive line to this point has held up and held up well, which is a very good thing. the The test changes dramatically this Saturday, but so far they have passed both of their tests. And it's a sign of progress moving forward. I I told you guys on Thursday, if state wins this game and covers this spread, I'm going to come back here and tell you that it's a good sign for the overall health of the program because those were the two candidates of that Mike Leach game that everybody makes fun of that you hate to lose. And that didn't happen here. And they did not play their best football. They have not played their best. They have not played a complete game so far this season. They have to play a complete game this weekend against LSU and they're the favorite going into Baton Rouge just tell me if you saw that going into the season I did not but they are um now is now is the 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 test of really how good they they truly are but check and check for Mississippi State to start the season um it's a really good start it's a really good start but they have not come anywhere close to playing their best football and Again, if they don't, they're going to lose these games. But if if they do, if they bring their A game to Baton Rouge, they have a great chance to win that game. I would expect them to. If State is sharp, if they play their best football for four quarters, like they I think they're capable of, they're going to go win that game on Saturday. They are. So it just all depends on how clean they can be. But so far, uh, there are some encouraging signs uh, from this team, despite the, the lesser opponents. Back to the comments. Daniel says, I can't believe Kentucky's running back, Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, got cleared for the old Miss game. NCAA stuck it to Otis Reese. That, that was a tragedy. Tragedy is not the right word at all. Um, that was malpractice is is what the NCAA did to Otis Reese. But were you surprised at all when you saw that Rodriguez was going to be back for their next big game? No, I wasn't. Kentucky's going to come into Oxford ranked in the top ten. They are. Um, they're going to be physical. It's, that's going to be a hell of a game. Great environment. EG01 says, Saul Bill Connolly at ESPN had Ole Miss beating Georgia Tech by a projected 28 points in his S&P+. Yeah, big line. There's a significant talent discrepancy between these two teams. It's a rather significant gap between these two. Georgia Tech. If Georgia Tech is a real challenge to Ole Miss, if this is a very close game late, then I think Ole Miss has got some issues, and they're not beating Kentucky. It's I think it's a step up in competition. I think it is. At least they're going on the road, even though half the stadium will probably be an Ole Miss fan. It's still a different environment. It's a power five team. It's a quarterback that's athletic enough to give you a hard time. So it's a it's a different challenge. But if it's close late, then Ole Miss has got problems because they're not anywhere anywhere close. To Kentucky, they're not anywhere close to anybody in the SEC West. So, do I consider Georgia Tech a trap game for the Rebels? Sixteen point favorite sounds high, right? I don't think it, I don't think it sounds high. It, it can't be a trap game uh, because this is their first game where they really should have the team's attention. It, it's not like they've got Alabama loony, looming next week or something like that. Um, th- this is you know, their their biggest challenge to date. I don't think that that can be a trap game considering this is their first Power 5 game. This is their first real test of the season. So if that's a trap game for them, they've got locker room problems. I don't think they do, but no, I would not consider this uh, that. Parker says, even when State's defense isn't great, Zach Arnett is really good about making quick adjustments. Yeah, he had uh, Delora uh, just, just off kilter. On on Saturday night or early Sunday morning, uh, D- Delora was uncomfortable all night. I mean, sending guys from different places and stuff like that. The issue that State might have this weekend is Delora at times could have pulled the ball down and run and got positive yardage and first downs, and he chose to throw the football and force it. Daniels from LSU is not going to do that. They have really got to be prepared for him to just pull the ball down and run. If his first read's not there and he's got green grass, he's taken off. I assume they're going to have a spy on him basically at all times, but that doesn't exactly solve the problem. They've got to be really prepared uh, for, for his running ability. You saw it even in their loss against Florida State. If you give him any space, he's athletic enough to really kill you, and, and he's not a guy that's going to just wait and wait and wait and try to throw the ball. If he's got space, he's going to take off, so they've got to be prepared uh, for that, because that that's just a killer. I mean, you, you get somebody to third and eight, and and he sits in the pocket, and your coverage is great, and nobody's open, but but tackle pushes end away, and suddenly he's got space and just takes off and gets an easy first down. It can be demoralizing, especially on the road like this. So that is the biggest question for State this weekend, and we'll do that on Thursday night, is, is that, can they make Jaden Daniels one-dimensional. Can they force him to throw the football? Because if they can't, uh, they are in for they're in for a long night. Because he absolutely can take off and beat you with his legs. He showed that even in their loss. Chase says Texas A&M is having Yale practice at the mural field for state. Any heckling ideas? Please tell me they're not doing that. Are they? Are they really? And who at the school signed off on that? I wouldn't let them do it. I wouldn't let them do that. Because that, that's just asking for confrontation. I remember that when they played at South Carolina, this was a few years ago, they played at South Carolina, and they tried to do midnight yell on a Friday night in Columbia, South Carolina, on the State House steps a, a, a couple blocks from the bars. So you've got a bunch of drunk college kids at midnight, in the Bar District, hearing them do that weird, cultish chant stuff, what do you think happened? Unnecessary confrontation. It, it, I, I wouldn't let – tell them to go somewhere else. If, if the city of Starkville wants you to do that, th- that's fine. I wouldn't sanction that if, if I were a Mississippi State. Especially if – and I don't know what they do on the road, but if they do that intentionally – goofy trash talking crap that they do they that that's by design the stuff from the Appalachian State game that's going viral um because Texas A&M is not aware of what the strice effect is um that is intentional like th- that's not his best insults they are intentionally elementary like that that's part of the tradition and that's why they do the ooh thing after each one it's all part of the gimmick They're going to pull that. I'm not letting them do that. I'm not sanctioning that on my own campus, but that's just me. Ramsey says, is it just me or has uh, Ole Miss seemed vanilla in the passing game? They've done some things to show some ability on film, but yes, Ole Miss has been intentionally vanilla, generally speaking. They haven't schemed up either one of their opponents. They've they've called plays in some cases to see – some stuff from the quarterbacks, but they have absolutely not come anywhere close to actually scheming up an opponent yet, because why would you? I mean, what's the point? You're winning these games comfortably. Why do you need to go the extra mile and show things that you're capable of when you don't need to show them? Lane Kiffin has has shown you in his three years at Ole Miss or two years in two games that they will be intentionally vanilla in games that they are going to win by a lot. I mean, you've seen it too many times now to think that it's anything other than that. Uh, he, he doesn't care about style points at all. I mean, they showed it last year. I mean, they even kind of shut it down despite the scoring margin in the two lane game. They, they did it last year in the uh, Austin P game. They did it against Liberty. They did it against Vanderbilt. They did it against Troy this year. They just kind of do their thing and, and win the game and don't show anything. It, it's part of the deal. You haven't seen anywhere close to what this offense is capable of in terms of schematics yet. Not anywhere close. Jason says state has to stop dropping passes. That Arizona game was not easy by any stretch, largely because of that. EGO1 says I really haven't been impressed at all by state's pass catchers, too many drops and fumbles. They they, yes, way, way too many so far. Um, I also wonder about separation. Now, the offense doesn't exactly lead you to like. Have, you know, run like four vertical concepts and burn DBs because it's a lot of, you know, crossing routes and underneath stuff and, and all that. But separation is also something that I would keep a close eye on uh, in, in Baton Rouge. One carry you need four yards at this point. Are you giving it to Judkins or Evans? I'm giving it to Quenchon Judkins. Um Evans is zero to 60, uh, I think is better. Uh, he's his elusiveness looks better. But Judkins is more physical. State dropped three passes for first downs to continue very promising drives. One went for an interception or that game was put away maybe before the half. Certainly the third can't do that in the SEC. Absolutely not. Memphis Rebel says it's also Brian Kelly. He's going to have LSU pretty dang good by season's end compared to how they began the year. I agree with that. I think that there are some people, not many, because most state fans have interacted with have thought, you know, I, I know they're favored, but it's going to be tough. And and that's, that's correct. Yes, they lost to Florida State. I know how that looked like. But if you think that LSU, especially in Tiger Stadium at night, is not a dramatic, dramatic step up in competition, like they don't have a bunch of defensive linemen even with the injury that they just suffered – um, th- that are capable of winning one-on-ones against your offensive linemen. If they don't have talented dudes in the secondary, if they don't have athletic dudes playing linebacker, if they don't have, when they're engaged, an elite set of wide receivers, I think you're crazy. This is absolutely a talented LSU team, and, and playing in Tiger Stadium is, is famously really, really difficult. And spare me with what happened in 2020 – that was an Edward ron coach team, and there was twenty five thousand people there because of COVID. It's not the same thing, not anywhere close. Now, again, state's favored, and that's I think that's that's right. But let's not pretend like going to Baton Rouge and playing an LSU team, even one like this, is an easy task because it is not. Is Rodriguez going to help Kentucky get a lot more than their one point eight yards per carry on the season? Sacks are factored into that, and they also had one weird play in the Florida game where they lost 39 yards on the on the box score. Uh, but yes, he is he is a step up in running back. Yes, he's better. He, he's absolutely better. Do I think State can beat LSU? Absolutely, I do. I do think they can. Absolutely. Chase says I got called pessimistic preseason because I said, "quote I need to see it. It's not talent. It's definitely not experience. They are allergic to execution." And they, they have to not necessarily be perfect, but they can't have two dropped extra point or two missed extra points in this game. You can't have interceptions that hit the receiver dead in the freaking hands that, that turn into turnovers. You, you can't drop multiple passes if you're going to go to Baton Rouge and, and win. And we haven't seen the offensive line get tested yet. Um, not really. Not like they're going to be on Saturday. So it's absolutely fair uh, to say that you are not completely sold on them. This being, you know, the team that rose to number one eight years ago. Like it's it's totally fine to not think that that is in the cards yet because you want to see it in a game like this. They have passed their first two tests, but but this is a different one. This is next level. Ramsey says if the rebels and wildcats are four zero when they when they. When Kentucky rolls into Oxford, college game day, maybe. Uh, tell me if Arkansas beats Texas A&M. Because if Arkansas beats Texas A&M, they will be going to Fayetteville for the Arkansas-Alabama game, if I had to guess. Because, let me see. Let me see here. I should have the helmet schedule up always. I love that thing. I used to have it as my computer desktop, but it got like disoriented. Um, Here it is, finally pulled up. So that weekend, Kentucky's at Ole Miss, that is, yeah, that's the Alabama at Arkansas game. So if both of those teams are undefeated, that's where they'll be. Chase says, we blew a pick six because the guy couldn't just run straight at the goal line, then had penalties and setbacks that led to having to score on fourth and goal. That's the state team in a nutshell. Can't happen this week. Cannot happen this week. Jason says he was impressed, though, with State getting that pick and shutting the door immediately instead of completely collapsing there as they generally have in the past. What's the closest margin of victory can almost have versus Georgia Tech for me to not be concerned? Ooh, that's a good question. Tell me how it looks. Because if they win by 14 and it's Georgia Tech scores a couple touchdowns late, you know, it's let, let's pretend for a second it's 35 or 32 to 3. Or thirty-one to three, and then Georgia Tech scores two touchdowns late in garbage time when freshmen are playing, and it's thirty-one to seventeen. Then yeah, that it it, it depends on how it looks. I, I'm so fascinated to see this game on multiple levels. I'm curious to see how the offensive line holds up. I'm curious to see if Zach Evans and, and Quinshawn Judkins when. When it's schemed a little bit more, when when they're more focused on exploiting a defense as opposed to getting quarterback stuff on film, how they run. I'm curious to see how Jackson Dart handles uh, a road environment, even though it's not a difficult one, Um, because he doesn't have to be special to win this game. He just has to be efficient, and against Central Arkansas, his deep ball – looked what you were hoping it would look like, right? He looked like that five-star transfer that he was throwing the deep ball. It looked really, really good. And his best throw was one that actually got taken off the board because of a bad penalty call. But the deep ball looked much better for Jackson Dart. But often it looks like, from my untrained eye, that his feet aren't set on some of his throws, and that's why he's inconsistent and misses stuff underneath. Luckily, that's correctable. That's not a talent thing. That's more of he needs to get his feet right. Matt Corral had those kind of issues early. But what I'm watching for most, especially in this game, is how they contain an athletic quarterback, how Kari Coleman and Troy Brown and Austin Keys and the linebackers are able to handle a running quarterback because Georgia Tech's going to try to run with him a lot because they can't, they're not going to beat Ole Miss vertically. So that is the most important thing I'm watching that is not quarterbacks. But then, of course, it's Jackson Dart. Can he be efficient? Can he protect the football, take what the defense gives him, take off and run if he needs to? Um, This quarterback thing, as you guys know, is exhausting to me. The discourse, I think, is toxic in terms of how heavily scrutinized every single throw both of these kids make. I think it's from the fans, for whatever it's worth, are being quite unfair to both of them, truthfully. Uh, But we'll see what darts got in him this weekend. And this will be a big test for him to just be comfortable, relax, play, be efficient, because you don't have to be special to win this game. Just efficient is all you need to be. Jason thinks uh, Jaden DeLore is going to be special in the Pac-12. I believe it. Uh, he should have taken off and run for it like, you, like you're talking about. Absolutely. He should have a couple times. Georgia Tech struggled against an FCS team last week. Yeah, early, early. Um, and remember, they were on short rest, too. They played Clemson in a physical game on Monday night. And so you play that game on Monday night, and you've got a, just a few days to get ready for Western Carolina um, I, I'm not trying to say that they're better than they are because they're not, but I, I understand why they came out of the gate slow in that game considering that they played Monday instead of Saturday and it was Clemson in a physical game and then it's Western Carolina early in the day after that. It's hard to get up for something like that. Evan says, last year in Oxford I told an A&M fan that the border collie was the least – Athletic working dog, and you would think I just murdered his family. I was sitting at a baseball game, um, at an Ole Miss baseball game, oh, gosh, 2015, probably, a while ago. And Texas A&M was in town, and I was sitting behind in the outfield because I had to have some beer. Uh, that was before they sold it in stadiums. But I was sitting in the outfield having a beer with an old friend of mine, uh, just watching the baseball game. And in front of us were a group of Texas A&M fans. Um, And one of their friends had apparently the night before on the town really got drunk and did stupid stuff. They didn't bring him to the game with them. They uninvited him to the baseball game, made him stay at their hotel. And they spent like seven innings talking about him disrespecting the ring, talking about their, their class ring that they wear that he was an embarrassment to the ring. I swear on my life, it, it, seven innings at least. And everything they said he did was like not that bad. He just like got too drunk and acted like an idiot. Not ideal, but I mean, it, it's not like he committed a crime and they had to bail him out of jail as far as we could hear. But that's what they were talking about. It's a unique place. Very nice people. Very nice people. Very unique people for sure. It's crazy how big that school is, too. AM would probably want to do their Yale practice on the Grove stage if they could. No way that that ever happens. Yeah, I, where do they do it in Oxford? If they're doing it on the intramural fields in, in Starkville, where are they doing that in Oxford? Uh, I would advise them not to do that ever. And if I was in charge in either of those places, I wouldn't let them do it. Joey says Ole Miss linebackers went from a concern to looking pretty good. Yeah, so far, I mean, competition obviously needs to be taken into account. I I think defensively they're going to have to make some adjustments on the interior of their defense. Even Troy and Central Arkansas have had marginal success running over the guards because Ole Miss sometimes lines up where they have a nose on the center and the guards are uncovered and you've got ends on tackles. So you've got a, a small box where it's two guards a center with one nose tackle and they have often gotten free shots at the linebacker and they've had success up the middle almost has to make a little bit of an adjustment there and and we'll see what they do against like a more physical team like Kentucky because Kari Coleman's looked great right but he's not the he's not real big what's he going to look like when they're, they're playing a really physical team like Kentucky but yes so far in the competition level that they've played. They have flashed for sure. Um, Troy Baum looks great. I mean, he looks like exactly what you thought he was going to be. And Kari Coleman has elite level speed. He's he's extremely fast for a linebacker. Williams says both Ole Miss and State win soundly next weekend. Love that optimism. That would be a fun Saturday night for me and you guys. I'd, I'd love that sitting here talking to you for sure. Memphis Rebel says Ole Miss needs to show more plays out of that specific goal line formation instead of constantly calling that Michael Trigg pick play because better defenses will key off on that. And that's the beauty of what they do because that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, you, you've seen it in, in just two years so many times. I mean, it's not just within a game, them calling plays to set up other plays. They, they do that games in advance sometimes. And I have noticed too, um, you know, it's not groundbreaking. And a lot of teams do this. There is, this isn't special to Old Miss, but I, I've really noticed how they've got new wrinkles that specifically target certain things about their opponent every single week. It, it's it, sometimes you don't recognize the offense from one week to another. Now they do a lot of the same things, but man, if they if they find something that they can exploit, you will see concepts that you haven't seen all season just because. Now it's time to exploit this on this specific opponent. They are very adaptable with how they attack people. It, they, they are. It's, I mean, I, I saw somebody that covers college football today refer to Lane Kiffin as a, a top five play caller in the sport. I mean, that, that's, that's how you earn that kind of acclaim. Are you crazy for thinking A&M has it in the bag this week against Miami? I just have a weird feeling about it, and history show teams who have embarrassing losses come back strong the next week. There's a reason that Texas A&M is almost a touchdown favorite. Miami struggled to score against Southern Miss. I, I Whatever the over-under is, the under feels like a great play there. Joseph says, LSU can't run the ball. That will be a problem if Rodgers gets up by two scores. Yeah. 2007, Michigan lost to App State and then came back and beat a top five Penn State team. They did lose four games that year, though, and they were ranked in the top five. I think it was four. EG1 says, I've heard Haydad say that this is looking like 2014 already for State. I'm sorry, but we're way too early for all that hype talk. In fairness, he he said he's not saying that they are, but he did draw some parallels is all. It wasn't that cut and dry. He didn't say, hey, this team is going to rise to number one just like 2014. He He was drawing some parallels between the two. Does Jimbo suspend Denver Harris? He should for the rest of the season. If you're going to commit crimes, which I know a traffic violation is not a crime in the same way other crimes are, but if somebody had their, their ear pods in and were walking out of their car door to like get something out of their trunk, he would have killed them. They were dead. Uh, how... I was an idiot when I was 19, right? I was really stupid. But I don't think I was ever live stream myself committing crimes stupid. At least I don't think so. It's unbelievable. Jason says, I've seen better state teams go down there and get absolutely ambushed by worse LSU teams. It's never easy to beat LSU. The point score between State and LSU, you mean the spread? State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, as of earlier today, anyway. Yeah, two-and-a-half-point favorite in Baton Rouge. Doesn't happen much. Ramsey says, I believe Jimbo's hot seat's getting warmer by the day. Miami beats Texas A&M this weekend, and A&M falls to one and two. Do they have $90 million to buy out? I'm sure they do, but that's when, when you're asking the same people that are spending millions of dollars on recruits, to spend $90 million to get Jimbo to go away, and then you got to keep spending millions on recruits. I know they've got seemingly unlimited money, but there, there's a level of irresponsibility that would come with firing him this year. If Ole Miss has a punt block or two, could you say their punt return team is elite? Yeah, you could. Although I think a lot of that last week was due to Central Arkansas, but point still stands. EGO1 thinks Ole Miss is going to win by uh, 20 to 24 points. And we could be sweating a backdoor Georgia Tech cover in the end. Brett says, at what point are the Ole Miss quarterbacks good enough for the talent of the team to take up the slack and be a real West contender? Um they're not a con- I don't think they're a West contender this year. Um if you don't start seeing a significant step forward by the end of this year. I think it's time to be concerned. But but as I've said before, I mean, it took Matt Corral to his third year starting games to be consistently efficient. Now, that's, that's oddly specific, but he, like he was great in spots in 2020, but he had those two games where he literally lost the game. It took one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of your school three years to be a guy that could be a quarterback for a team that was a contender in the West. I don't think it's fair to expect them to be that this season at all. Now, you want to see improvement. You want to see marked improvement on a, basically a weekly basis, but to expect them to be there yet I don't think is fair. Next year is where Jackson Dart or Luke Altmyer should start refining their game and, and being close to a finished product. But at any point this year, I don't think that you should expect them to be complete. You just hope that they are continuing to get better. Not everybody's C.J. Stroud, you know. It's, it's, it's more common to have guys that take time to get better as opposed to being immediately great. And neither one of them is immediately great. That's okay. They shouldn't be. It, it, it's... It's hard. There's growing pains with developing young quarterbacks, and this is just what you've got to deal with. Both of them are talented enough uh, to to win you games. They're just not there yet. Luckily, you've got a running game and a defense. Luckily, you've got that. Corey still thinks they're going eleven and one. I love your optimism. Never forget it. Yeah. Well, if that happens, you come. You come tell me. What the heck happened here? I can't get to my comments. I can't read my comments. What happened? Something went wrong. You guys can still uh, hear me, right? Uh oh. Uh. You guys got me. It crashed. It crashed. All right. All right. I'm back. Stream crashed, but we're all good. Um, I've got to go here in a minute, so we'll get through these quickly, and I'll, uh, I'll see you guys on Thursday. But Chase says, on a totally different note, I heard y'all close the show talking about how good college football is, despite how bad the end is. Good news. I won't be the foil for you guys for expansion excitement anymore. There's nothing you can do about it now, man. Nothing. See, I was unfortunate to be in Lincoln last weekend. My God, Nebraska is awful. Fans were so pissed they went straight home afterwards. What an awful environment. It's a train wreck. Oh, you were playing a show after the game? That's, that's unfortunate. I've often wondered about the people that's uh, – the, the ones that are scheduling the concerts after games and what that is like after a loss and how that's handled. Ramsey says, I do believe, or do I believe Kiffin will finally decide that Dart is the guy, or do I think that the two quarterback continues against Georgia Tech and Tulsa? I do not believe that the two quarterback thing will continue the way it has, uh, regardless of the health situation. Um, I have heard things that I am not comfortable talking about yet, because I haven't had it verified. So all I will say is I expect Jackson Dart to be the quarterback for Ole Miss this weekend. And... And, and that's all I got. But there's just a lot of stuff around, and none of it's verifiable because that program just doesn't leak anything. But I expect it to be Darth this weekend, and, and I don't think they're just going to trade series or whatever. I expect him to be the guy unless he's very bad, and they need to change to make sure they win the game. And, yeah, I agree. I think this could be that game where, where everything kind of starts coming together a little bit. Maybe he's a little bit more comfortable not looking over his shoulder not pressing, just plays. My twin is Justin Bench. I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate that, but I appreciate that. I'm sure he wouldn't. Bob says AM and did their yell in Memphis last year. Good. That's where it needs to be. And nowhere else. Let, let them do that in Memphis. It does need to be in, in town. Oh, burn! They'll be in Memphis yelling again this year for the Liberty Bowl. Chase says I'm enjoying all the a and slander, but as a Maroon band member, I do like how their band is one of the only few marching bands that still perform marches at halftime. Their band is excellent, no, uh, no doubt. Memphis Rebel says I think Lane does does diverge off the playbook at times and draws up a play like it's backyard football. Absolutely, he he watches and sees what defenses are doing, and if they don't have something in the plan. For that, they they will make adjustments on the fly. Absolutely, absolutely. Colrep2000 says, "Pretty sure the entire country will be pulling for Miami this weekend." Yeah, true. Pinebell Adventure says, "I travel for work a ton. I've been working in the Charlotte area for the past three weeks. Has the city ever felt just generic to you? It's it is a pretty coo- pretty cookie cutter city. It doesn't have like its own feeling. It's kind of like corporate." But the brewery culture there is phenomenal. Uh, go to Noda, N-O-D-A, Noda, if that's your thing. We play Moondogs in Atlanta on Saturday. Ole Miss fans are certainly wanted. I'll even do a hottie sottie if they show up. Yeah, go check him out. They deserve it. Um, after the game, too, go celebrate with, uh, with our friend here. So Moondogs in Atlanta. Y'all go check that out. Won't be surprised if Auburn Jesus so shows up Saturday to bail out the Tigers, giving me Auburn by three. I've been telling you guys for so long Auburn's winning that game. How long until Notre Dame's coach is on it? Uh, two years from now, if it keeps going like this. <laughs> you guys are funny. We can hear you reload, reload. Yeah, it crashed on my end, not yours. That's good to know. Do I have a specific player in mind where Lane was aiming at his in his transfer to the SIP shirt? I don't, although I can't help but wonder if you watched the LSU game on Monday night or a couple of players that they recruited that are now at Texas A&M. Maybe them. All right, guys, I got to go. I uh, Honestly, my wife and I are going to watch Game of Thrones. So we're going to, to catch up on House of Dragon, and I will see you guys on Thursday, 745. Uh, please like the video if you haven't. Uh, subscribe if you haven't, and I will see you guys on Thursday night, seven forty-five. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi ah! Media Production.